Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's Breck and I here, dude, two weeks in a row. This is big for us. It hasn't been consistent, but for the rest of the year, I think we're going to be pretty consistent with these fight cards. But Breck, how are you feeling, dude? Dude, we got – feeling good. We got some of the greatest cards in recent memory coming up. Yeah, we got 267 this week, 268 next week. We got Yair um, and Holloway on the 11th. No, the 13th. No, or the 12th. Something like that. Doesn't really matter. We have that fight. Then then the next week, we got Vieta Tate. Okay, that c- could be better. And then in December, we got Dawkins Lewis, and we got 269 with two or three title fights. And then Leon Edwards and Masvidal. Breck, this is – I think this is the greatest stretch in UFC history. You know, it's up there. It's crazy, too, because, like, the year ends, and then we just get 270, which is going to be an insane card right now, like, early. And then – but we kick off the year with Cater and Chikadze. Yeah. Let's hope Cater is still, has a good mind after that Holloway fight. But anyway, let's get to this card. Um, one fight I want to look at on the pre- – prelims is Maquan Amir Khani versus Lerone Murphy. This is a banger. I think people are overlooking. What's your thoughts on this one? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Leo Murphy um, hasn't lost, right? That's drawn his record. I think so, yeah. Um, a young English prospect that uh, is exciting, like you said. And then um, Maquan Amir How do you say that last name? Amir Khani. Amir Khani. I mean, this should be a really good fight, man. I mean, the featherweight division is so – it has so many good fights. It's it's unbelievable. And then we got Hamos versus Tugagov as well. That's another banger. But let's talk about the featured prelim a little bit. We got Amanda Hebas versus Virna Janjaroba. Um Nice. I think this is a great featured prelim. Two solid strawweight prospects. Hebas. I think she could contend for a title one day. But this is not an easy fight for Hebus. Interesting fight here. What, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's tough to call. Um, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jean de Roba uh, coming off a win and Hebus coming off a loss. Um, this should be a good fight. Um, Amanda Hebus has looked, <laughs> it looked good in the embeddeds. Um, What's it called? Um, her training's been been uh, been good. Uh, like you said, it should just be a good fight. Yeah, for sure. What, what, I, I'm going Hebus by sub. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Hebus TKO. Solid decision. All right, this main card is just pure violence from top to bottom, and I think this is the perfect way to kick it off. Awesome. Magomed Ankalaev versus Vulcan Uzdemir. Someone's getting knocked out. Um 
this is violence. Yeah. At its core, of uh, Uzdemir guys bricks. Ankalaev got bricks. This is this is a fight we all. If this was a main event, I'd be tuned in to this fight night immediately. What's yeah. your thoughts on this? I mean, Ankalaev's a beast, and then Uzdemir, even though he's had um, the three straight losses or two. I mean, dude, he fought Ziri Prohashka, who is going to be champ soon. He fought Daniel Cormier. Rakic. Right? Rakic. He beat Rakic. Um, Dominic Reyes. Dude, he's only fought the top Smith. guy. Smith. Dude, he's only fought, like, some of the best fighters ever. Misha St. This dude has had no breaks. Dude, this dude has had no breaks. This fight's going to be amazing, dude. Like you just said, this is like a fight night main event type fight, and it's on the it's on the card. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we got the Swiss we got the Swiss, uh, Swiss Army Knife in Uzdemir. We got the Dagestani God in Magomed Akalaev, whom, whom I think could be will be contending for a title within the next year. But, dude, what's your prediction on this? Someone's getting knocked out, but who's gonna who's it going to be? Dude, I know everybody thinks Akalaev is winning this fight. I kind of think Uzdemir is winning this fight. He's been in so many battles with, like, top guys. If you look at his striking numbers, he, he's he got more output. And I understand Ankalaev just needs to land one shot. But I just love the the competition that Uzdemir has faced, I think, prepares him for a moment like this. I agree. And I, I think Uzdemir's trying to get – this is his last shot. If he loses this fight, there's no way he's getting back up to the top. So I hope – I hope – I hope Uncle, this is Uncle Live's really first big test outside of big Nikita test. Krylov. Yeah. So I really like Uzdemir in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Uzdemir too, but I, I think – I don't know. It, it's so tough to tell. I think I said oh. Uncle Live yesterday in another video I did with Bloody Canvas, but that's really all I can think of. But anyway, this next fight, it's either going to be a wrestle fest for Chemayev or Chemayev's going to get knocked the hell out by Li Jingliang. Did you notice in the press conference that Shamayev understood what he was saying in Chinese? I heard, I saw that. He's like, translate wrong, brother. I was out, I don't know. People are saying he might have been accurate too, that he was correct in pointing out the mistake. But what's your thoughts on this fight? Dude, there's only one outcome. I'm sorry. Shamayev is going to destroy this guy either wrestling and submit him or knock him out. What makes I mean, you say that? He hasn't fought anybody the level of Li Jingliang yet. Okay, Li Jing Liang has like four losses. He can be beat. And dude, I was just watching clips of, of some of his fights. Dude, he's been dropped a few times. Yeah. By guys that I don't think are as talented as Hamza. That's true. And I think if, if, if Lee wants to make it a wrestling match, I think he loses. And I think if he wants to make it up a stand up fight, I think he loses. Uh-huh. Hamza's the wolf, bro. Boars. He's the wolf. All right. This is this is an interesting fight, but I, I think Shamayev has to respect Li Jing Liang's hang, hands a lot and not shoot, you know, shoot errantly or anything like that. Because if he gets caught, he could be very well on his way to the shadow room. True. True. So th- this is an exciting fight. I'm amped for this fight. What, what's your thoughts, man? What, what's your prediction? Shemaev, third round, KO. I'm going Shemaev, arm triangle in the second round. Oh, interesting. 
It's going to be interesting. I know, very I specific. I have just because also you got to factor in he's been people like always oh, been off for so long. It's like it's probably a good thing he took off all that time considering his health. And he got dude COVID. almost died from COVID. <laughs> it was pretty bad for him because he was the, the problem with what he did was he kept training and then your immune system never gets a break. So you're always sick. So we got really bad COVID. He's been off for a while. He looks in great shape in the embedded. I think this guy is so – I think he could be a top, you know. I mean, everybody's saying, like, future champ, but he will be a top three guy within a year, I feel like. Top five guy. If Shamaya finishes this within the first round, he'll fight again by the end of the year. There's no question. He might fight twice by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's Shamaya, but I can go – yeah, so we both got Shamaya. This is the only kind of sleeper on the card, but it's a banger. This could be a main event as well. Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tybura. Hey, hey, Volkov, I, I, I'm going to look at you right now, man. J- just shave the head, man. You, you, you just shave the head. Yeah, um, sure. I, I love you to death. I'm doing this for you, bro. Like, you've tried to cover it up. Just own it, dude. Trust me. I mean, I'm not going bald, but I'm just I'm just letting you know, bro. But anyway, and Volkov, I think you could be a champ one day. Anyway, I think Volkov takes this fight. I, I think this March and Tybura streak is kind of a fib. Because he hasn't really fought anybody of prominence in this during the streak. He's fought Ben Rothwell, Greg Hardy, uh, Walt Harris. I mean, Walt Harris could have won that fight quite easily, but you know he blows it. Uh, Max Grishin and Sergey Spivak. Crazy, so, he fought four times in last year. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, good for him. But I don't think that Alexander Volkov against Cyril Gone that did not look like Alexander Volkov. He wasn't doing any teat kicks. He wasn't doing anything, but I feel like Alexander Volkov uh, will win this fight pretty handily. But what do you think, Breck? I agree. I think Tabora's on a really good win streak. If you look at Volkov's last, you know, I mean, they've beaten a lot of the same people. Don't get me wrong. But Volkov did beat an Overeem, who's probably better than anybody Tabora's faced. And his two losses are to Curtis Blades, a superior wrestler, and then Cyril Gunn, the guy who's fighting for the belt next. And, I mean, the Cyril Gon fight, he didn't get knocked out. He just got, you know, kind of, like, out. He got like, pieced apart. He got pieced apart from the outside. It was, like, point fighting. But, like you said, I think Volkov is so much more talented. And I think, you know, he's going to correct his mistakes and, and win this fight. I think he knocks him out. I think he does, too. I think it's going to be a, a, a knockout. People forget Alexander Volkov was piecing up Derek Lewis the entire fight until Derek Lewis landed that elbow. The right hand, out. yeah. To knock him out. And it was so, literally – it was like 30 seconds left in the fight, too. Yeah, if, if Volkov had just run away for 30 seconds, he would have won the fight. Yeah. But, yeah, Volkov knockout. I, I, I got a good feeling about it. I like Volkov, too. He's a fun fighter to watch. Yeah, he's really – he never has a boring fight. No, he doesn't. Not by uh, his own. Like the Curtis Blades fight, you could say, maybe it was boring. That's because yeah. Curtis Blades is a boring fighter, in my opinion. Yeah, but hey, he wins, so you got to give it to him, I guess. Yeah. But but anyway, next matchup of the evening: uh, Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker. D- 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 Dan's quickly become my favorite fighter, man. I don't I don't care what anybody says. Oh, you're ho- hopping on the train, Jacob. No, this, he's he's fun to watch anywhere, anytime, any place, and. I love Islam Makachev. I mean, he's, I wouldn't say he's fun to watch, but he's just so good. You have to respect him. But you, you got to give to Dan here. He, we, what do you think about this fight, man? My heart wants Dan Hooker to win this fight. The MMA community, as a, most of the MMA community, 
would love for Dan Hooker to win this fight. But my mind's telling me Islam just out-wrestles him. The only thing that is a little silver lining for me is Dan Hooker did win his last fight like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know, mostly using wrestling. You know what I mean? Like he, he's known as a striker, but he used his wrestling really well in that last fight. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Nasrat Hakparast. Hakparast, yeah, the, uh, the cheap uh, Kelvin Gastelum. Um, <laughs> great value. Great value, Kelvin Gastelum. It's so tough, man. I just want Dan Hooker to time up a knee on an Islam double leg. That will just be like an unbelievable moment. Even if he loses the fight and he can land a knee and rock him, it would be a great moment. That being said, Dan's pretty good at t- stopping takedowns. You know 90, what I mean? Third highest in UFC history, 90.5%. UFC history. So I don't think Islam's going to – he's obviously going to land a few. But if Dan can get up, and keep it on the feet. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna outstrike Islam Makhachev. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think Dan Hooker's grappling is underrated from his back. I wouldn't be surprised. He, he threw up some submission against Dustin. Now Dustin's not the grappler Islam Makhachev is, but I feel like Dan Hooker could throw up an, a leg triangle or something just randomly and possibly uh, choke him out. But with that being said, I think Makachev gets it done by decision. I want Dan Hooker to win so so badly. I I. Breck, I'm sure you can like reflect my sentiment, but uh, yeah, and also too, it's like Dan Hooker trains with some of the best guys in the world, trains with Volkanovski, trains with Adesanya, and it's like, man, if this guy could win, he'd be such a legend for how he took this fight on. Basically, I mean, not the shortest of notice, but pretty short notice. Just stayed in the states. It would be awesome, but like you said. Islam decisions probably how it's going to go. And also, dude, we got to point out Dustin Poirier in his last, what, 15 fights has basically beaten everybody. Yeah. Dan Hooker had him seconds away from being knocked out in the end of the second round. Yeah, if, if that the, second the, round lasted three more, yeah. Three, five to 10 seconds longer, Dan Hooker knocks out Dustin Poirier. That's how good of a striker Dan Hooker is. Dustin said he was out. Out, after, yeah. Then he That's, just came back to it. Oh, I want Dan Hooker to win so badly. I know. Like, I love Dan Hooker. I, I even tweeted, like, he's he's my favorite fighter. I, I root for this guy because he's just so fun to watch. In the press conference today, too, he said he wanted to punt uh, Huskula. We'll, we'll talk about Haskula after the review, the preview, rather, because there's some things to discuss. All right. To the bantamweight championship, uh, Piotr Jan versus Corey Sanhagen. Notice, notice, I didn't say interim because this is the real belt. But <laughs> in all in all fairness, if if Jan didn't knee Sterling and this decision went to Sanhagen, which it very well could, this could very well be the title fight right now. Yeah, this is an awesome matchup. I'm well, beyond excited for Dillashaw, this. It would be Dillashaw Jan, but yeah. Well, I'm saying the the decision could have gone to Sanhagen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he won the fight, too. But this is awesome. This is an awesome fight. Breck, what do you have to say about it? This is so tough to call, man. Like, if you look at Piotr Jan's record, the loss, I do not count as that as a loss to Sterling. That's just been a no contest, right? Yeah. And then his only other loss on the regional scene of Russia or whatever, he lost a split decision. He's never been, like, knocked out. I don't know if he's ever really been knocked down. 
The guy's probably one of the best strikers in the UFC. Best his defense, game, striking defense in the UFC, too. So underrated. We saw it against Sterling, who's like a renowned wrestler. He, he couldn't even get him down, ever. Those Russian leg sweeps or whatever, the tie sweeps, unbelievable. But uh, it's so scary. But if there's a guy who could beat Piotr Jan, dude, I feel like Corey Sanhagen's the guy. I agree. For that reach advantage, right? Don't you think the reach is? I don't even think. I don't even think it's the reach. I think Corey Sanhagen's foot movement is so unorthodox. Oh, good, yeah, it's so unorthodox. It's kind of Dominic Cruz esque, not like the side to side, but like, like you said, the unorthodox. And it's gonna be so, dude. I, I I'm having so much trouble figuring out. Like Piotr Jan, I mean, I will say Corey Sanhagen hasn't faced a pressure fighter like Piotr Jan. No. And but. Piotr Jan hasn't faced a guy with movement like Corey Sanhagen. And, and the reach. Corey, yeah, if Corey Sanhagen can keep Jan on the outside, I think he wins this fight. But the thing is, Piotr Jan, will, if, even if he's up against the fence, will just march forward and get out. <laughs> yeah, Piotr Jan's strategy in fights is terrifying. He's like the Terminator. He's slow build. And then once the third through fifth round comes in, he's just all go. Usually gets the knockout. Dude, I have a weird feeling about this fight. Everybody thinks Jan's winning. I kind of think Sanhagen's going to sneakily win, dude. That's my feeling. It's like, it's my gut feeling. If, if Sanhagen doesn't get it done within the first two rounds, Piotr Jan's going to win this fight. Probably. But Sanhagen's really, he, dude, he picks his shots real well. That, that Dillashaw fight, dude, even if you thought Sanhagen, even if you thought Dillashaw won, he won by a razor thin margin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, uh, as much as we love Frankie Edgar, that knee was gorgeous. Yeah. And he, and the head kick, wheel kick KO to Marlon Marais. Dude, he's so good. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this fight. Well, can it, can it be a draw? Like, <laughs> all right, Breck, what's, what's your prediction? Dude. I think Sanhagen gets it done. That sounds crazy. It's the it's not it's whatever. It's not crazy. That's the thing. Everybody's predicting Jan though. So even though dude, Piotr Jan's built different though. That's the one scary. Like that guy is just built different. You know what I mean? You know, I watching those out Aljo highlights again. Like it, you know, Piotr Jan didn't even like do anything with the takedowns. He just got him to the ground, so he'd have to get back up and get tired. And, and I feel like if uh, Corey Sanhagen's jab is going to be the most important thing in this fight. Yes. Yes. Because if he can't keep Piotr Jan off of him, and if Piotr Jan grabs a hold of him, sweeps him, sweeps him, sweeps him, he's going to get tired and then he's going to get killed. Yeah. I mean, Corey Sanhagen has to keep that jab out there the whole time or else he's going to get killed. That's where the reach plays a big factor. Yeah. yeah I really like Sanhagen. I, that's contrary to a popular opinion, but I like Sanhagen. And that Sanhagen loss against Aljamain Sterling, that was a fluke. Like, I don't. Yeah, he's just got his back taken early. That could happen to anybody. And I think Corey Sanhagen's grappling is underrated, too. It's, and this is this is awesome. <laughs> Let's just put yeah. that out there. Corey Sanhagen tore Dillashaw's ACL. Yeah. That, uh, knee bar that he had him in the second round. You know, all right, I'm going with my prediction. Uh, I, I'm having a tough time, dude. Like, I don't know. I'm going uh, Piotr Jan by fifth round knockout. TKO. He's not going to knock him the hell out, but yeah, TKO. 
that's how it probably plays out. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, uh, these guys are both fun to watch. It's going to be a great it's fight. It's going to be a great fight. That, yeah, that's, that's a week we can agree. If they, if they made this the main event, I wouldn't blame them. But speaking of the main event, legendary Polish power versus Glover, Glover to share. I go to Poland. I go back to Poland. I spend time with family. Yeah. But two guys with late career resurgences. This is... I don't want any of these guys to lose. I like them both. They're both the nicest people ever. This is the wholesome belt, you know? The wholesome belt. The, the NF, NMF belt. Yeah. What's your thoughts on this, man? As much as I love Glover, Jan will be still champion after this fight. I just look at Glover's resurgence, not to disrespect the opponent's Glover's face and his little resurgence. They're just not at the level, to me at least, as the level that Jan has beaten in his last five, six fights. Like, look at the last five Jan fights. Luke Rockhold, former champion. Jock Gray Souza, an absolute legend. Corey Anderson, who could win the Bellator belt and had beaten Jan previously. Dominic Reyes for the belts, and then he beat Adesanya. People got a – that victory was so massive. Like, people don't talk about how good Jan was that night. Like, I mean, you wouldn't know by the commentary. Oh, oh, Jan's eating these faints. Yeah, Jan's eating these faints. Like, they, it was so biased towards Adesanya. I love that commentary team. You don't. I know. But they were so wrong on that night. Like, Jan, yes, he did win because of those couple, like, two or three takedowns. But he also kind of outstruck Adesanya that night, which basically has never happened in his yeah. career. What, what happened with Blahovich and Adesanya that night? Blahovich, the only way, if Izzy threw a feint, every time he'd just take two steps back. Yeah. Because, because if he bit on it, like, normally, he'd get, he'd get, his, he'd get his butt destroyed. And yeah. I, feel, I feel like that was, that was a perfectly executed game plan, too. It was gorgeous. Dude, Jan's jab, when it landed, too, like, it, it was so much more powerful than the middleweight jabs that Izzy is so used to, and he was he was stunned by the power. It, that, it was a gorgeous performance, but back to this fight. I, I, here's what Jan Blahovich has to do. If he knocks Glover to share down, he's going to have to have him stand back up because yeah, if, okay. if, Jan, if Jan Blahovich gets into that guard to share, he's going to get submitted. I'm sorry. He might because you look at – um. Who knocked out? Who? Um, Tiago Santos knocked down Glover. Yeah, and Santos went to the ground, and then he got submitted. And yeah, he went to the ground and got submitted. You're right. That could very much play. Like, Jan has good jiu-jitsu, good wrestling, but if, if Tiago Santos can get submitted, so can Jan. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Glover Teixeira's wrestling is not that good. He's not going to take Glover. He's not going to take Jan Blahovich down. Yeah, maybe he catches a leg and takes yeah. him down, but besides that, he's not going to shoot a double leg and take him down like a good wrestler would. Yeah, because Glover Teixeira's um, takedown defense, no, takedown accuracy is only 40%. Jan Blahovic's takedown defense is 60%. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it wouldn't be in Glover's best interest to do that. And if Blahovic catches him with a knee, which I could actually very well see happening if he does that, it's, it's night-night for Glover Teixeira. And did you look back to, like, Jan's last 10 fights, nine, nine out of 10 fights he won. I mean, he got knocked out by Tiago Santos, who just lost to Glover. But then again, that 2019 Tiago Santos was a different beast. That guy took John Jones to the limit. Yeah, it's... I just think Jan's reign is not over. And, I, and, and for the sake of our 
perfectly constructed, well thought out, amazing fight that we need to see on the border of Poland and the Czech Republic between Jan Blachowicz and Yuri Prohoshka. In a soccer stadium. In a soccer stadium. And, like, they come from, like – and there needs to be woods nearby. So, like, each fighter could come out of the woods from either side with, like, shields and swords and stuff. That's what we need to see. So – Precisely. Jan has to win for that reason alone. And I just don't see Glover getting past legendary Polish power. No. I think – you know how I think this fight ends? I think it ends very similar to the Gustafsson fight. I think Jan clips him with an uppercut. That rocks him, and then that's how he ends the fight. Or like three uppercuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, this is this is all right. I'm go- prediction time, Breck. What do you have, man? Uh, Jan TKO, um, third round. Jan second round knockout, left hook. And then it sets us up for the perfect dude. Can you imagine Yuri Prohashka comes out of the woods with fog? Like there's fog, and then you just see the uh, uh, like a a figure appear. It's Yuri Prohaska. He, he, he unleashes that scream. If you're an MMA fan, you know the scream I'm talking about. <sighs> I get chills every time I hear it. I'm not even going to lie. I get actual goosebumps. It's like he's talking to, like, Nordic gods. You know what I mean? Like, it's like <laughs> he's speaking to Odin himself. And then Jan comes out of the other side of the forest, dressed in full, you know, like... Bear, bear fur or something. Yeah, like bear fur. And he's, he's got, like, red... He's got the Polish flag all over his body. And, and he's just got the rope. If you know you're, if you're an, if you're an MMA fan, you know the story behind the rope. Which he had the rope on at the press conference today. Insane, yeah. He has got the little piece. He comes with the rope. This is the fight we need to see next year, and I think we will see it because Jan's going to win Sweden. And, uh, yeah, it's dude. This is this is this is an awesome card. It's so good. It's free. And it's next week is even better. Next week's like. This is not hyperbole, people. Next week's card is the greatest card maybe ever. It's definitely a top three card ever. Now, maybe it doesn't deliver, but just on paper, how is it not going to deliver? I mean, I mean, let's take a look at this uh, this main card real quick. We're going to go over the fights. To open up the main card, we got Edgar and Marlon Vera. Amazing. Then we got Burgos and Quarantillo. Ridiculously amazing fight as well. Gaethje and Chandler. Best fight of the year coming in. Uh, Nami Yunus and Zhang. Rose is going to win again, but great fight. And Usman and Colby Covington. Like we said last week, or two weekends ago, whatever it was, that's the the bad blood in that fight is the most real since Jones Cormier. Yeah, and then the next way, next week we got Holloway Rodriguez. Yeah, it's it's. We got to. It's that 268, just to go back for a second. It's uh-huh. like that was the main card. The prelims are the prelims could be a fight night. Oh, fight. easily. And then after the Vieira uh, Misha Tate fight, we got Font versus Aldo to kick off December. Oh, can't wait. Dude, that's, this is that's such a big fight, too, dude. Because, like, that's it. If Aldo does not win, he's not getting near the belt again. Yeah. Oh, Alex Pajeda is headlining the prelims with uh, Mikhail, Mikhail Lidis. That should be a fun one. And, and Ally Quinto, Bobby Green, Phil Hawes, Chris Curtis, Shabazzian Imamov. Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> is Chris Strickland still fighting on the car? What'd you say? 
Is Strickland fighting somebody on the card? Yet? No, he's not fighting. Yeah. I really wanted to see Rockhold fight because I think he would have. Speaking of Sean Strickland, this this guy is concerning. Concerning, very concerning. I, I have homicidal tendencies. I'm like, hey, hey, uh, look, I, I I understand you're a fighter, but I think you might want to get that checked out. I'm not too certain, but he might, he might. yeah. Speaking of somebody who needs to get checked out, Mike Perry checked out of the UFC and signed with BKFC. Breck, what's your thoughts on that? For somebody with the two things, somebody with the level of IQ that Mike Perry has, bare knuckle box, bare knuckle boxing is perfect for Mike Perry. Not the smartest guy. Two, it's a real shame because the guy had real talent to be a really top ten MMA fighter. Like you know what I mean? Like he really did. In terms did. of his striking, dude, his wrestling was getting better. He just had no discipline. He had no discipline, and two, he was never with a good gym. And, like, you saw, like, yeah, he won a fight with, like, his girlfriend cornering the, the fight, which was everybody was like, oh, that's great. But then what happened in the next couple of fights? He did get a corner, but if Mike Perry was disciplined and was at an ATT or, like, a Sanford. He was at MMA Masters um, with Kobe Covington. Okay. But, like, you, is that a top, top gym? You know what I mean? Yeah. If he was at one of those top, top, like – one of those premier gyms. I just think that guy could have been really good. Yeah, like Elevation or something like that. Like Extreme Couture, really good fighters out of there. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but Holloway and uh, McGregor might be fighting. Yeah, in March. I don't think March – I think Connor. it's too it, – It's too possible. Well, here's the thing. Um, Paul George had the same injury basically. Yeah. And he came back in March. Well, do the timelines match up? Like, is yeah. It yeah. Um, McGregor got injured a month earlier. Okay. It could work. It could work. I just think it'll probably be the, it'll probably be, it'll probably be April just because they'll want to have it like, I don't know, be like a big spring card or maybe even in the summer time. Yeah. I, I I see these people saying, oh, McGregor's going to get killed. I'm like, I don't think he'd get killed. It's a striking battle. It'll be a great fight. Dude, it'll be so much fun. Like, if obviously, if Connor gets to the ground, yeah, he could get killed. But, like, Max is not taking Connor to the ground. So, if it's a straight-up, like, boxing match, basically what it's going to be, amazing fight. It'll probably go five rounds and be, like, a split decision. Great fight. Great fight. But I would love to see it. People forget Connor beat Max Holloway. Yeah. People forget. It's a good He's had a rough go, okay. But Conor McGregor in his prime was an actually insane fighter. He was awesome. The people that disrespect he, he moved up to welterweight from featherweight and beat Nate Diaz. Yeah. And, like, I understand that he's not making it easy for people to root for him. His recent actions. There's a ton of recent, like half a dozen things you could point to in the last five years. But dude was such a good fighter in his prime, dude. And, uh, you know, if there's anybody, D- Dustin Poirier even said this, if there's anybody that can come back, it's got to be Connor. Yeah. And Dustin's like, so many people, like Dustin even said the hardest guy that ever hit me was Connor. Like the hardest punch he ever took. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hard punchers, Fedor Emelianenko won on Saturday. Oh, yeah, dude. oh my God, man. I, I mean, all, all due respect, he fought a tomato can. 
but still, Fedor's 45. I understand. But he fought a journeyman fighter who had a little stint in the UFC. And then basically he's been in Bellator's whole career. That was the number two contender in, in Bellator heavyweight, though. That tells you a lot about Bellator. Yeah. But, but did, does Fader get the title shot? Why not? Fader would fight Bader, right? No. he Yeah, he'd fight Bader. I mean, they kind of have to, right? Like, who else is in the Bellator heavyweight division? Well, that they, have a, they have an interim champ because Bader was in the, uh, the Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who the interim champ is because I, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less either. Dude, like we – I don't know if you're of this opinion, bro. PFL, one championship, way more entertaining than Bellator. Oh, for sure. Way Speaking more. of PFL, dude, Kayla Harrison's got to get some better competition or, or just keep getting the racks on racks on racks of money. I mean, it would be hard to – what's it called? Blame her for – not wanting to win a million dollars every year, where she could easily just win the PFL every year. But we got to see her in the UFC. She could beat Amanda Nunes. She could beat Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, of course she could beat Valentina. They're three weight classes apart. I understand. But I'm saying if she cut down, if they, if it was like a 135 or something. I don't think Kayla could cut down to 135. That's the thing. She barely made 145 for Invicta. Okay. But, but regardless, like her, okay, maybe they did like a catch weight or something. You know what I mean? But um, or revive the woman's 145 in, in the UFC. I, they took it away. Um, the UFC, like Dana White was like, oh, like she should just worry about herself. Dana White was trying to basically say, I don't want to pay this person the obscene amounts of money that I have to pay her. You know what I mean? I say just give her the title shot right away. I for think 45. For 45? I think you give her a top five right away maybe like a Kaylin Chikugian who she would just take <laughs> but they're so but they're so far apart Catlin fights at I understand no, who am I thinking of at 145 who's the top five for 145 Felicia Spencer Felicia Spencer who else is there uh, Norma Dumont Aspen Ladd oh my god she would she'd murder Aspen Ladd does um Holly Holm fight at 145 anymore? She, she, she was going to fight Dumont at 145. See, like, if you told me Holly Holm versus Kayla Harrison was a contender fight for Nunes, like, that makes sense for me. And then the winner fights Nunes, which would probably, in my opinion, be Kayla Harrison. And then I think you got to give her one fight before the title shot. Yeah. But Clarissa Shields, um, yeah, what's your thoughts? Lost her first professional fight. Since uh, she lost an amateur fight. Look, I think she's just so good at one thing. Yeah. That it's so hard for her to learn everything else. It's, it's, like you said, she's so good at like boxing. And even in the fight, like her jab is so much miles ahead of like every other female's jab. Like, yeah. Her jab is so good, dude. And her combinations are insane. I mean, you understand why she's like a champion in boxing. And it's like, you just gotta, give her props dude for like trying a sport where she has doesn't have the training like these people do and i think over time if she trains mma for three four more years she'll become a pfl champ you know what i mean like or if she ever makes it to ufc one day be a ranked fighter i think she has that type of ceiling just because of her striking if she can just you know over the just 
drill wrestling and ground game and just try to keep fights away from the ground and keep standing, she could go far in the sport. She could. Speaking to somebody who's under a ceiling, Bruce Buffer's not going to be the, the, the guy for the numbered card. It's, dude, since nine, it's his first miss since 1996. Isn't that crazy? I know. He got COVID, sad. And it's crazy, too, is like he did the two-week quarantine and it's over. So technically he could – I think he might, like – I don't think he could travel, but he says he feels fine. So if it was the old world, he could travel, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. But he, he said he's going to be in New York. Yeah, that's what we need. That's what we need, you know what I mean? But, hey, he hasn't missed a pay-per-view yet. Well, 267 is a pay-per-view, not in the U.S., though. I mean, no, no, it's it's we're going to be free on BT Sport, I think, because numbered pay-per-views, except for, like, McGregor cards, are free in. I, okay. I thought it was a pay-per-view in Europe, though. No? It's free across the board. Just, just hey, just, just a U.S. paper. Let's say it's just U.S. pay-per-views. Bruce Buffer has not missed U.S. pay-per-view. Okay. So the streak with a little asterisk still lives. But it's crazy. What did you think of Ray Cooper last night, man? Middleweight, right? Light, uh, welterweight. Welterweight, welterweight, welterweight. Um, Dude, that was a big knockout. Big right hand to drop him. Hawaiian guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he looks good. I think that's his second, right? Second straight PFL welterweight win. Yeah. And people were like, oh, he'd be a good addition to the UFC's roster. And he would. He'd probably be a ranked fighter between that, like, 10 and 15 range, maybe. But if you're him, man, why why leave PFL? You're making a lot of money. Go for that. Go for that three million next year. You know what I mean? Go for that extra mil next year. Yeah, really. Um, dude, this is what what else? Oh, there's something. Else. Where's Tony Ferguson, man? Oh, oh, actually, screw that. Kevin Lee doesn't fit in anymore. Doesn't fit in. It's it's maybe the saddest day in this podcast's recent memory. I mean, since Daniel lost, we lost Daniel to the shadow realm. Very sad. This is equally as sad. I mean, Kevin Lee does not fit in with the whole Adderall thing. Uh, they removed him from the roster. But I, I read something that he will be back. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw. But he needs – and, dude, I don't like his attitude. Did you see his quote? Was this a real quote? Did you see this quote? What he said? Like I lost to Tony Ferguson. I lost to uh, who was he? Who did he lose to? Uh, Charles Oliveira. I lost to like Ferguson Oliveira, which are top guys. But then I lost to that bum Rodriguez. And it's like Rodriguez a, is a beast. He's a beast, and he's like getting better with every fight. So that was a little disrespectful. I didn't like that. If that's a real quote, I'm not sure. But uh, we gotta look into it. Gotta look. Gotta look into it. As Eddie, as uh, Eddie Bravo would say, Eddie Bravo, Eddie Bravo. Haven't seen him. Haven't seen him in a while on uh, the JRE, which is sad. But uh, he's a uh, he's an interesting guy. You know who we haven't seen in a while? JRE, Joey Diaz. I think we should see him before the end of the year. I hope so. I miss Uncle Joey. He hasn't been on since the pandemic began. He moved to New Jersey from L.A. But you know Joe Rogan. You know Joe. You know it's going to get pretty cold here in the Northeast pretty soon. So I would imagine Joey probably wants to go somewhere warm. 
No, Joe Rogan. Rogan. It's the Opec and Kalabib. That's the seed. That's the that's one of the best best things. That's the seed. Oh, Haspula. Last thing we got to talk about. Haspula, that's right. He and Dana White are meeting. Yeah, big. Dude, I saw something that was like a little insulting, but also funny. It's like, obviously, he's not going to fight. But like, what if one of the ring girls, like, I, got, I saw this from somebody on Twitter. I can't remember who. Like, the ring girls held up Haspula. And like, Haspula wore something that said the round number. Or he was holding the sign up himself yeah. with the girls holding him up over their head. Yes. Yeah, like that. Something like that. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. We love Haspula. And then, like, after the Islam-Dan Hooker fight, like, the other guy, like, Abdu, his, like, rival, you know, like, the other little guy, comes, like, from under the ring. <laughs> and then, like, they start duking it out in the corner, and, like, security has to separate them. That would be an all-time moment. Like imagine the camera's that's like, like some that's some WWE stuff right there. It is. But don't don't tell me that that would not be amazing. They're like Joe Rogan's like, what's going on? There's commotion. And then you just see the two little guys like duking it out in the corner. Did you see him have that face off at the hotel with that one guy and <laughs> Hasbro just threw a right hook? Yeah, he threw a right hook and a leg kick, dude. A calf kick, dude. Dude, I don't want to fight that guy. No. Scary. But Dan Hooker's hilarious. I, I just want to see how far I can put him. Dude, I saw something about that that just gained more respect for Dan Hooker recently. That was insane. What's it called? Uh, he fought a heavyweight on the regional scene in Australia because his teammate, who was a heavyweight, got an injury, had to pull out. He oh, I saw that. Heavyweight at welter. He fought him at like a welterweight. He, he was a welterweight fighting a heavyweight who had a hundred pounds on him, and he won. Head kick the guy. It was like pride rules, so they could like soccer kick and everything, which was crazy. Yeah, they should be. By the way, but uh, this guy's a fighter. Dan Hooker's a man's man, bro. He is. He's the best. I really hope he wins, dude. Let's everybody. Let's put together a collective MMA prayer circle. MMA prayer circle for a Dan Hooker win. Cause that's what we all need. We need it. We need it. We need it. I just had a thought about uh, Haspula. If you think about it, this guy has no business. But, like, I thought this guy was going to die out after. He's a force, dude. A month. But this dude's been so consistent. Dan Hooker, my brother, I will come and smash you. Stay well. Dude, he's, he's a consistent force, dude. People need to. Put some respect on Hustle's name. I know, bro. I know, bro. Uh, I think it's about time we wrap this episode up. Do you have any final thoughts on this card? No, I can't wait. What time does it start? 2 p.m. main card, 11 a.m. prelims. That is unbelievable. And for the UK fans, that's great. They don't have to, like, kill themselves to stay awake. <laughs> you can see the MMA, MMA Europe when they're yeah. like, me watching the card and it's like the spongebob face where he's like the monster energy and stuff like that yeah that's nice but i love those 2 p.m cards because like the car's done by nighttime like you can go out there and like Like, it doesn't interfere with like going out at night yeah like the max holloway card what ended at like 4 30 oh that's the best nothing better nothing better nothing better like you wake up on a saturday like 10 10 o'clock 
and then you like an hour later you're like oh ufc's on what's i know it's the best i'm gonna sit here for like seven hours and just watch like ufc yeah like the gate the 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 habib gaethje fight started like 2 30 it was great great dude this is awesome i can't wait all right that'll do it for us here for our 267 preview we'll be back we have to be back for a review Mm -hmm. it's a must it's a must must. we'll catch y'all later peace out peace out